the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back. Favorite part of my day is uh, whenever I get to see my dear friend Hugh Hallman. He is the former mayor of Tempe, as many of you know, former true-term mayor of Tempe, former member of the Tempe City Council, creator of schools, attorney, civic uh, educator and activist, and uh, regular Gadfly about town, yeah. Huh? Huh? Gadfly about town. Yeah, gadfly Sorry about town. Gadfly about town. Uh, Hugh, uh, welcome back to the show. Um what ails you? What's on your mind? What ails me <laughs> yeah. is I'm really angry, and I'm angry at you. Okay. <laughs> so let's start there. We're just going to... we're gonna And break. <laughs> cut this up a little bit more like, oh, I don't know, other popular shows as well that talk over one another and scream and yell and, and use epithets and other stuff because apparently the public finds that more interesting than very carefully thought out ideas and concepts that are offered... Uh, years in advance of other people seeing these problems. And one of the sources of such insight, one of the fonts of that brilliant opportunity to meld better policy, sits opposite me in this very studio of wisdom, and you never take credit for it. So I, on my own, got angry listening to a podcast that you did last week about the fact that NBC News... Shocking, shocking, I tell you, shocking, has discovered that immunity acquired from a COVID infection is as protective as vaccination against severe illness and death, a study finds. Now, of course, the study finds more than that. If you actually go back and follow this study, uh, which was published in The Lancet, uh, that past SARS-CoV-2 infections, that's the fancy word for COVID. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, we studied this two and a half years ago. We together created an entire industry of knowledge, a, a collection of knowledge that would help our country create better policy, not spend trillions of dollars wastefully, not shut our children out of schools, lock them into closets and tell them that they're being taught by their teachers by wire while the dogs are barking and the teachers are cooking dinner. Uh, (laughs) And as a result, we now uh, decry the fact that we have, quote, learning loss in our children that is such a big deal that it's estimated to cause a $30 trillion loss in economic benefits over the next uh, the lifetimes of these children and this is just one example but dag nabbit seth take credit where credit is due because it was on your august 24th 2021 show where we discussed this very topic now that was a year and a half into the covid nonsense But we were continuing to look very closely at data as schools were continuously shut down, as travel was restricted, as governments in this country, state and federal governments, were requiring people to get vaccinated, requiring them to remain in their homes. We were just starting to see the relaxation 
of restrictions. Why? Because it suddenly was in Joe Biden's interest to let the economy resurge and the country reopen after he had damned Donald Trump for not doing more and more and more to shut the country down and shut people in their homes and destroy the economy, which he could then blame on Donald Trump. Let's go back through all of that. But on August 24th, 2021, on this very show, you, me, and a fellow named Lewis Hallman talked about the fact that the state of Israel had just completed a series of studies looking at uh, that vaccination was not as effective against further disease than natural immunity. And the reason that was important is because by then, Israel had determined that the shelf life of the vaccine in somebody's body is about six months. And after six months, it it dissipates in a way that would require booster shots. And of course, the U.S. got into the same act and helped along by the drug companies who were happy. Happy, I tell you. Oh, you need more? You need more of what we've done? Oh, we just need billions more or trillions more dollars spent on this, what we then started calling the medical uh, uh, industrial complex, pushing vaccination and other kinds of remedies uh, to enhance the profitability of drug companies and uh, medical providers, specifically hospitals. We certainly saw that in our own state, that the leading advocate for shutting people in their houses to avoid extra uh, costs and uh, and systematic uh, pressure on our medical system and hospitals in particular was Banner Health, uh, and that they then ended up having... A, a banner, no pun intended, I suppose, year profitability, uh, profit-wise. And so that study that was completed by Hebrew University in Jerusalem, by the Gertner Institute for Epidemiology and Health Research Policy, and the Israel Institute of Technology found that uh, vaccines were not nearly as effective, and in fact, that natural immunity was as much as 27 times more valuable to a human being. Now, why would that be the case? Imagine this, that biological entities that have built up over the last couple of hundred thousand years have acquired the ability to survive in the face of disease. Huh. And that that natural immunity that is being uh, provided by that biological entity, human beings in particular, but also animals, that those that have survived up to this time have created systems by which they protect themselves against invaders. Imagine that. Well, as we talked from the beginning of COVID through mostly the end of it, uh, we, we stopped really doing COVID shows some time ago, that... The biology of human beings is such that they not only create immunity that's valuable, but that as time goes on, diseases tend to get uh, less and less deadly and severe precisely because those severe versions of the disease die out if they kill their hosts. If you kill your host, you can't spread yourself as the host travels about and contaminates other other entities. And so all of those things were discussed on this show. And so when you then refer to other people's brilliance in talking about this a year and a half ago and give them the credit for understanding that, I would posit that those shows heard this show, copied your material, and put it out as their own. And so in the future, you and Bill, Bill, 
you need to do the work to do this. I know that you only work from three to six uh, when when Seth is in the studio. But the reality is that this show covered so much of these topics that it is extraordinarily important that we start giving credit where credit is due. Why? Because we have an obligation to hold those people who failed us accountable for that failure. And those people who now sit here and say, well, we couldn't have known are liars. We could have known and we did know. And we were doing that research and examining the numbers and research was being done that proved we were learning and knowing the right answers. And Anthony Fauci, who suddenly is shocked, shocked, I tell you, that natural immunity might have some benefit to human beings in July and August of 2021. Shocked. He was just surprised. Here's the man running our health system. He is shocked to find out that natural immunity might actually be beneficial. Well, as we were advocating at the time, yes, it's important to slow the spread so we don't overwhelm our medical system so we can save more lives that need to be saved. But at the end of the day, those people advocating that we could stop the disease were foolish and foolhardy, wasting billions, if not trillions in resources. While the right answer was you wanted this to have the spread slowed enough on the system but that it would ultimately have to spread. And by doing so, populations would get exposed, and we wanted the right populations exposed. The herd immunity that would come from natural immunity in younger populations would help protect this society from the spread of the more virulent version of the disease to people who would be more likely to succumb to bad disease outcomes and death. And that's what we were advocating. And you, sir, deserve credit for having the kinds of insights that you share with your listeners. And we need to hold accountable those political boobs who are out there now pretending that they shouldn't be held accountable for creating exactly the wrong kinds of results. We have young people committing suicide, dying from drug overdose, suicide from all kinds of uh, uh, uses, uh, guns and every other possible uh, uh, source of, of committing suicide. And a drug problem that is exacerbated as a result of these lockdowns and children not receiving the kinds of instruction they needed, not only for academic purposes, but school provides a vehicle in which children learn many, many lessons that we cannot predict or teach them by pretending we're going to do it by wire. And so, ladies and gentlemen, please write Seth and remind him to take credit for all the insights he has that he gives credit to other people. Because having him on these airwaves, and frankly, in my view, as an elected official that can help represent us, are the kinds of outcomes we should have from this failure of policy by morons. And Seth is a genius and a decent human being who we should celebrate. Oh, my gosh. Well, you're, you're very kind. I don't know what to say. That's, that's too kind. Um, say that we'll be right uh, back the, in the a few moments. All. Uh, it, it doesn't matter who gets the credit so long as the job gets done. And I couldn't have done it without you. And gosh, do you remember all those spreadsheets Lewis was working on? It was a good team effort. Bless you. Um, we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. Hugh Hallman is uh, my guest. Um, thank you, Hugh. Um, it's deeply humbling and a little embarrassing. But in any event, um, 
I'll, I'll, if you want to go on on a different thing, that's fine. But I would like to circle back. And if now's the time, you tell me. You're my guest on the accountability issue. Uh, but if you wanted to go straight to something else, I'll. Uh, we no, the accountability okay, issue me, is, is the it. issue. Let me pick up on it. I was making the point yesterday. There's now new research just out among all the other things that are coming out that there are t- about 250,000 children missing since since the school shutdowns that no one's talking about. Um, and this accounts for those that transferred into private schools. This accounts to those for those that went into homeschooling. We can't find 250,000 kids. They're missing. And there's something about this society, it seems to me, that we make crises and drive ourselves into panic over things that we shouldn't. You, I knew we were on the same page. You were on an extended trip when COVID broke out. Do you remember? And you said something about, I don't know if I can come in or not because of what companies are doing over this seeming black swan event, but that isn't a black swan. And I said, oh, we have one. We're on the same team. That isn't a black swan. But you remember that? I do. Anyway, um, we seem to, 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 to run around with our hair on fire over things that aren't crises. But when we do have crises, you mentioned a few in the last one. I think the drug one is a big one. I think the suicide and the, and the mental health issue is a big one. But missing children, 250,000 missing children? Why Why did that make one newspaper? One. One. And I would caution people to understand there's it is not that there are 250,000 children who are locked in closets or right, being right, hauled right, off right, right, right. to, uh, to right. service in other countries in horrible conditions. We can't, is, account, we can't account for we them. We can't in account for them right. in, the, in, in the way that educational systems would like. And what that means is they are now – they have disappeared from the system, so we're not going to be able to account for their progress or failure. Uh, it is highly likely that these are children whose parents have decided not to continue to enroll them, that they have not been properly accounted for to begin with, and that that tells you how bad the systems are. It's a systematic failure that are uh, that everybody ends up with a Social Security number now. It was during my lifetime in the last 30 years where lots of people suddenly realized that those of their children who did not have Social Security numbers because they preferred to stay out of the system were now losing opportunities because Social Security numbers, contrary to what it was true 50 years ago, Social Security numbers were legally not allowed to be used as identification numbers, had been allowed to be used as identification numbers. And so now each of us has a card, uh, the a Social Security card, and that's why uh, black market and social security numbers is so hot because you need those numbers in order to get benefits and other things. And we all find that individuals suddenly have benefits uh, enhanced because other people were using their number and paying into a system uh, without without uh, having the opportunity to get them. That's one of the reasons being a, quote, illegal alien, unquote, or uh, an undocumented worker, if you prefer, uh, has a downside. And that is that you pay into a system, both income tax and social security and unemployment insurance, when you're employed that you can't ever get. And that's a nice thing in that it encourages people to join the system properly. With that said, those kids are missing, and that's an important element for, and the reason it's such a crisis in some ways, is for states, because they get federal dollars for education systems based on their school-aged population and those enrolled. And that's why you see such a panic in public school folks, is because when some kid is taken out of the system for which that system would otherwise get money, they panic because it cuts salaries and other things for those those working in the system. But this brings me the overall arching piece. One, one more part to it, though. Just yes, one please, more small please. part to it. If we can't account for them where 
that they're in school at all or being educated at all by a homeschooling system, a private system, or public system, or, or any kind of blended system whatsoever, then what that tells me in what we might very conclude is the things that we have been counting as being so bad, the mental health uh, are much and the education declines, they are probably a, a, an, exponent, an exponential degree at 250,000, an exponential degree greater than we have seen so far. Correct. And let me give you this example. You've talked about the fact that we're not at a drug abuse level right. that matches the height in 1979. Surpassed it. Surpassed, yeah. It, yeah. Surpassed it, right? And the interesting thing that we have not accounted for is, at that time, marijuana was one of those key drugs that were triggering the usage. That's not now counted in the same way towards the drug numbers you're looking at. In the same way that, uh, in the same way that cigarettes now are counted right. as something bad, right. when 35 or 40 years ago, 50% of the population smoked. Right. And so you've got the reverse going on, and I believe if as we dig into those numbers, which we need to do more, much more carefully for work that we're engaging in, that in fact the problem is significantly worse. Well, it is because it's, kids it's, have moved up the ramp. That's right. Of the uh, it's, it's uh, worse on two lethality. accounts. Right. It's worse on two accounts. One is the marijuana is much much different. It's a much higher potent, and it's being used with much more frequency. The higher potency, the higher frequency use, and the fact that. The much harder lethal stuff that we think about when we consider issues like fentanyl usually starts at that point. Correct. You've yeah. got a gateway that's yeah. no longer viewed as a right. bad gateway. Right. And right. so kids get there and then move up the chain much more quickly into stuff that is graduate, now. Graduate, so to speak. Correct. Graduate yeah. to worse drugs. And the bigger arc that I think you opened this segment with that I want to come back to is what you quoted in the prior show that I was so angry about yeah. in the last segment. And that is um, – the screw tape letters. Oh, and about C.S. Lewis, with our hair on fire. Well, yeah. C.S. Lewis's commentary mm -hmm. about, and I quote, the use of fashions in thought is to distract men from their real dangers. We direct the fashionable outcry of each generation against those vices of which it is in least danger and fix its approval on the virtue that is nearest to the vice which we are trying to make endemic. The game is to have them all running around with fire extinguishers, fire extinguishers whenever there's a flood and all crowding to the side of the boat, which has already gone under, yeah. unquote. And, you know, that's 1942. C.S. Lewis writing this at a time when we've got World War II raging and yet a whole host of issues had gone on when nobody was paying attention or caring. It took the U.S. a long time to engage in World War II and only did so after the Japanese bombed Pearl Harbor, if I'm allowed to say that anymore. Some some other nation who shall not be named. Ten years uh, from now, someone will correct all these words. Yeah, thank goodness. Us. Thank yeah. goodness. And it is that kind of activity that's going on now in our society that is, I think, dis potentially destroying it. And the, the nub of this is that humans, many humans, not certainly your listeners who are looking for important information and knowledge, but so many people now being misled so easily by those fashions. And you see that in Black Lives Matter riots in Los Angeles or Portland or downtown Scottsdale. But I would argue we have to, on the conservative side, recognize the same thing occurred on January 6th, that people got motivated to behave in riotous ways because they were not educated in a way to handle things differently. And it is that fashion of thought that is so dangerous to us. The only thing I will remind people about the screw tape letters 
is when you read things like that, just remember, this is the advice from the devil. Just remember that. That is correct. Okay. Yeah. Good work. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leapson Show. A thought I've been turning over and over in my head lately, uh, Hugh. If I can borrow from, <laughs> if I can borrow from the Great Gatsby, um, Hugh Holman being our guest, is As opposed to the Great Gatsby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you'll have a better ending. I um, the thought I have been turning over and over in my head is when you talk about these uh these these riotous acts uh these acts of violence these acts of anarchy let's 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 use that word for now these acts of anarchy that you cite we've been through other periods of them in our time uh driven in large part by certain misapprehensions and misunderstandings of things um particularly facts and news we are at a place where Reagan used to joke about some of the most dangerous words you could hear are we're from the government, we're here to help you. The kind of things you hear from EPA administrators today when they go to East Palestine, we're from the government, you can trust us. You heard the EPA administrator say that. The trust in government right now is at such a low ebb that you almost want to believe the opposite of the things they are beginning to tell you, especially when it comes to issues like public health and like we were talking about in the first segment a couple segments ago, that people at the same time, particularly this government, when they talk about using disinformation boards, et cetera, they lament and bewail the divisions, the divisiveness in this country. Do they realize they are the creators of it? Do they realize the misinformation and the censorship they engage in and the lack of trust we can put in them? And when we do discover that they have been lying to us and that they have been lying to us for political purposes and they are weaponizing previously unweaponized institutions like health centers or like the Department of Justice. Schools. Or schools. Thank you. Very nice. Um, That that is in large part, maybe not the only, but in large part a cause of this divisiveness that does in fact lead to anarchy. Yes. And the genius of Madison in crafting the structure for this government was primarily focused, initially focused on that issue of the the challenge of passion and faction, meaning people dividing up based on their various interests and passions, that that had to be controlled in a way to make sure that those passions, when they flared up, did not destroy the very structure that creates ordered liberty and the poles between the order that we need to have to have a society and the liberty we seek to maximize. George Washington's concept that we've benefited from. That was a unique concept in the creation of this government structure. We've tinkered with it in my way, in my view, in ways that will potentially destroy it. And the main one is that we have federalized so much now that many issues have become national and federalized issues such that the passions and factions that are generated no longer are focused on a state 
from state decisions making that was such a crucial part of the Madisonian creation that we had individual states where these passions could rise up, but there would be sufficient other protections because the other states wouldn't be subject to them. Because Madison these issues called them auxiliary precautions. Correct, and uh, the the point is here that we have now nationalized so many issues that the heat and passion that can be welled up can be directed to destroy and cause revolution at a level that destroys this very last best hope of humanity. And we now have devices that exacerbate that problem called smartphones. They aren't phones. They are massive supercomputers that we each carry around with us that are distributing information and misinformation in a way that it can incite people to riot. That's what explains the summer of 2020 and that one should riot peacefully while burning buildings because that was worth getting together to do, notwithstanding that the same people were saying everyone else should be locked down, Mm -hmm. especially those who opposed lockdowns and vaccination. I don't know if you've had a chance. Maybe we can talk about it a little bit, too, on the mental health front. There's now a bunch of research. Jonathan Haidt has been doing some interesting stuff on the advent of the um, of the cell phone and the social media usage by our teens that tracks really closely, so closely it's frightening, with the mental health deficits of our youth as well. So it's not only the, the air to fire that Madison talked about in Federalist 10. Remember that great phrase, liberty is to faction, what air is to fire. But, you know... How are you going to use these things? They're goods. They can be. Liberty can be if it's not libertinism. Let me pick up on that when we come back. And yeah. I'd like to address the Supreme good. Court potential decision oh, regarding good. the Internet based on oh, this good. entire good, subject. Good, good, good. We'll That's do that. Exactly one. the topic. Perfect. Great. We'll be right back. I got the best comp. That was a nice compliment you gave me earlier. Thank you. I, I, I should. I'm very humbled by it. But I got a great compliment from Brandon yesterday when he was bragging about our music. He's. <laughs> I, I just love that Eddie Money. Well done, Bill. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Hugh Hallman being our guest. Uh, Hugh, you wanted to pick up on a few threads. Um, you wanted you wanted to unite a few threads here that had to do both with social media divisiveness and uh, interesting legacy of a Supreme Court decision we still all have to live with. And and that is this uh, notion, I think, building from your uh, comment that um, we have this faction uh, within us and that we had a system of government established by Madison that was intended to solve that problem as the uh, probably the prime destroyer of all prior societies. In fact, our founders wrote somewhat extensively about what was going on in France in 1789 after our own constitution was crafted to demonstrate the the, the brilliance of these things. Madison, in writing in the Federalist Papers, uh, weaves in through it uh, commentary about how brilliant the people who wrote the Constitution must have been, um, complimenting himself. <laughs> um, it, it was his effort. And um, in this instance, we had things in that Constitution that we no longer have, and they, for me, were we had the Senate elected indirectly, meaning that the states elected senators to assure that the passions of the people would not be driven through both houses of our legislature. Uh, In addition, we didn't have the power to have the federal government issue a a direct income tax, and that was changed as well in the early 1900s. And ultimately, that led to massive cash flow being driven to the federal government, which is now used to 
bludgeon states, to extort states, to take decisions, make decisions different from those they would have made. The most recent example that I like to point to is Medicaid expansion. I was just going to say, yeah. I wrote an editorial that got me blown up in the 2014 uh, election because I wrote the editorial explaining why Jan Brewer was right to push for Medicaid expansion. It's not because I believed we should do it. It's because if you're a state, the federal government had set the table such that if you did not take the money, your state would be bankrupted through the need to expend state funds on solving the federal medical problems that were mandated. And the only way you could avoid that is take the additional money and expand the programs the way the federal government wanted to expand them. And I merely wrote an editorial explaining Jan Brewer is correct. You take this money and our problem has to be solved by sending people back to Washington, D.C. who preclude this from happening. Now, we don't have that yet. What we do have is a Republican Party now in D.C., particularly in the House of Representatives, saying that the mounting debt is a real problem that we need to solve. And if we solve that and start pushing against that as the price to pay for lifting the debt ceiling, we can begin working on this problem. We have to begin working on this problem because that's the only way, I think, in which we save this republic. And I use that word importantly. Republic because it is a collection of states that are individually authorized and empowered to take action different from one another. And you can't operate that system if the federal government can extort a single conclusion by everyone. And you need that federal system, the federalist system, meaning Republican states, small r, so that the factions that could overwhelm the system that gives us this liberty are not destroyed. And the last piece of this is what's happened to the First Amendment. Because we have these devices, these devices allow us to communicate not just facts, but falsehoods. And the Supreme Court's process since 1964 is to say that elected officials in particular, public people like a Seth Liebson, because he's on the radio, can be attacked by their opposition with lies. Now the and ab- impunity. And impunity. Right. And the, the average American would tell you, oh, no, 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 if it's a lie, they can't say it. And the answer is, that's not true. The standard now is that if someone lies about Seth Liebson, they just must do so without for certain knowing it's a lie. They must have a reckless disregard for the truth to be held accountable. Well, reckless disregard doesn't mean you're just ignorant. And so what we have done is created in our press and now in our Internet press the incentive not to look. Because the last thing you want to do is to have to rewrite your headline when you want to attack somebody. You can attack attack someone with impunity as long as you haven't done the research to know what you're saying is false. That's exactly what it means. And then worse, if you were the victim of those lies, which can be told with impunity, you would have to prove that that person did it with reckless disregard, having known it was false, and that they did it because they were vindictive. It's a standard that is almost never met. It can't be met because you'd have to be inside that person's head and get them to testify against themselves more or less, either orally or find an email that says, I hate this guy so much. I know this is false, but I'm going to say it anyway. That's the standard, ladies and gentlemen. And so when you hear stuff expressed about people you admire that cause you to question whether they should be admired, understand that much of what is being used against them 
are lies. That's and right. it's not because they can be held accountable. People can be held accountable for lies. They cannot be. And the people who are the victims of that are exactly the individuals who that you should be celebrating. My friend Seth Liebson, as an example, who gets attacked by crazy people with lies and he has no recourse under our U.S. Constitution anymore that was stripped away over the last 60 years as a result of the Supreme Court's decisions on allowing people to lie because it's much more valuable to lie because we want an open public uh, uh, debate. Well, now comes the Supreme Court on a case in which Internet companies for the last 26 years have been uh, protected from the lies they publish that are written by others. And now the left media and the corporate media specifically are Terrified, You can hear the stories all day today uh, about that problem. And my response would be this. We actually have a bigger problem with the public square being now filled with such amount of lies, with a disconnect between our public believing that lies are not legally allowed and people who know they are, as long as they're ignorant. And so we have destroyed the public square. We have destroyed the public debate and made it very difficult for people to find the truth. And as a result, it is much harder to bring people to conclusions. And part of the reason we have such uh, uh, disagreement in our society is people are operating on different facts. And many of those facts are complete falsehoods, and they cannot be known. So two things. One, they're not known. Yeah, right. Well, two things. So always do your research. I mean, you just have to. uh, We all have to be empowered to do that. I always say that. But the other interesting thing, as long as we're having a legal seminar on this, which was very valuable, Hugh. <laughs> no, it was, because people will now immediately think, well, how do people like Nick Sandman, that Covington High School student, uh, get returns, go after and, 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 and sue CNN and, and get rewards? And the answer is, just make sure people understand the distinction. He was not a public figure. Right, he was they made him a public figure, Correct. and shame on them all the more so. So, yeah. You I cannot create someone as a public right. figure and then destroy them. Right. And he won because he was a... Student who's never sought media, never sought it out, never tried to become a, uh, a media they star. Targeted him, and they targeted him for his he political got to beliefs. By that's the way, that's correct. Yeah, that's how that ta- that difference uh, works. All right. Well, gosh, we have one more segment. We'll be right back. Oh, that's wonderful. Uh, my uh, friends, the Sonnises, doing uh, never on a Sunday, right? Um, welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. You've probably been hearing me talk about why refi for quite a while now. And if you still have some questions, they ask you to feel free to give them a call at 888-YREFI-34. They are happy to put you in touch with any number of their local area uh, folks, listeners in this audience who have invested with them and done very well with great returns. And happy to uh, give you any number of satisfied customers amongst their clientele that can do that. Also want you to think about your IRA. Would you like it to be earning strong fixed interest rates and not be dependent on the stock market or the Fed? Did you know you can invest with Y-Refi through an IRA or other qualified funds? And you can keep your investment, including the high fixed interest rates you earn, tax-deferred. That's right. Your money can stay in your IRA, and you don't have to pay taxes on the money or income you earn. InvestYRefi.com, InvestYRefi.com, or 888YRefi34. Hugh, I don't know how to thank you enough. I mean, you you were just too kind. But you want to take us out on on, on, on anything else reg- that, that that is lastingly ailing you? Yes, and that is that it is not you to thank me. It is me to thank you, and your listeners should be thanking you precisely for this. Your monologue in the first hour 
opens up the discussion about the fact that we now have uh, ne'er-do-wells trying to adjust an author's writing to make it now what we used to call politically correct, and I'm not even sure what we're legally allowed to say anymore (laughs) about that kind of activity, so that the concepts that are delivered by this author that are meaningful and important have been changed to fit someone else's narrative and make the language more acceptable. Well, that kind of discussion, those kinds of insights are brought to bear here. And the discussion we had where I get terribly passionate about how we have destroyed or potentially destroyed our society come to this point, that when you raise issues on this show, when we talk about things and when you do that with other guests or with your listeners, when they call in, that the opportunity is to take the issues of today and not only vet them and vent our spleen about them, but to tie them back to the political philosophy that makes us conservatives and why that concept and those the movement that gave us that base is so important. Because as we talk about this being the last best hope of humanity, stealing Reagan's concept or Lincoln's earlier version from Jefferson's original version, which he stole from other authors, um, Greeks, <laughs> that we are talking about things that have to matter and that the major arc of this conversation is to educate ourselves, not just about today and the issue that's flared up, but why that's crucially important to the survival of this society and that we all need to start arming ourselves with the knowledge and the philosophy that allows us to go forward and convince others to join this cause because this is the last best hope of humanity on earth and this show is an example of the last best hope to deliver us from total destruction. Well, you you are very kind, but that is what we have to do to arm ourselves so that we can beat on boats against the tide. Folks, thanks for spending some of your afternoon with us. Until tomorrow, God bless you all. I'm Seth, and class is dismissed. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.